0: Hello, and welcome to the Post to Post podcast for this 25th of June, 2017. I'm joined once again by Neil. What's up? And Justin. Glad to be here. And a special treat for the YouTube watchers or listeners this episode. We have a couple GoPros set up to record this in our nice mess in front of the table, but uh, just something to make it a little more interesting for those on YouTube to watch. So uh, we appreciate everyone who listens, no matter how you listen. So just a special treat for the YouTube viewers this time. So Heck yeah. Uh, there was a lot that happened this week, guys. There's so much that happened. So this could be a little bit longer. This could be we don't know, we'll just we we'll just see how it goes. And because we're we're filming with video cameras, if we screw up, we just gotta go with it. Yep. So <laughs> sometimes we edit out things and we fix things and post and it sounds normal when it's done and I can assure you it's never normal. There's always screw ups. They're usually done by me. But we'll just go with this and uh yeah, so what do you guys think of the week that just happened just in general?
1: There's, uh, I don't think an hour is long enough to talk about everything that happened. It's been crazy. So,
2: so much has happened and actually a lot of unexpected things have happened. I mean, when I was reading different things going on, I was kind of blown away and I really just didn't expect it. So it was very, very exciting from a hockey fan perspective.
1: Yeah, you see like you see these rumor sites like hockey buzz inspectors hockey or whatever it is. And they're, they're always talking about potential rumors of people going anywhere. And then we get broadsided by a couple of trades that came out of nowhere. That we had no idea about like the Panarin trade, which we'll talk about eventually. Uh, it's been a crazy week.
0: And it's trades that we haven't seen in a long time, like big trades. Yes. Like big trades haven't happened in the NHL in a while. It's just kind of a couple of players being being moved and but these are like big names that are out there.
1: Yeah. And I think right now it's a perfect storm with the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights coming in as a new franchise. You know, it's just an extra team. The draft just happened. There's so much going on right now. There's so much that needs done. I don't know if it'll ever be as exciting for trades as it is right now, because yeah, well, uh, maybe I mean, the next expansion team. Yeah, in a couple of years, you maybe, know. but yeah.
2: Yeah, this is just kind of one of those rare years when you have an expansion team coming in, you got a lot of things going on that you normally wouldn't see. Exactly. And since there's a new franchise being born, there's a lot of opportunity for that franchise, as well as the existing 30 franchises, to maybe make themselves better, mm.
1: use it to their advantage. Exactly. Well said.
0: So we had the NHL Awards this week, and that was a long... The same time they did that, they announced the, the Vegas roster. Nobody's talking about the awards right now. They're all talking about the Vegas roster and the trades. Yeah. So I don't think we really need to get into the awards. The awards are what they are. I'm sure everyone that's listening knows who won what by now. Neil has a list of of the trades and, and everything that went down. So why don't we jump into that? But I want to ask you guys a question first. Were you guys thrown off by the fact that the owner of the Vegas Knights was sitting at that table like trying to get his hands in on it? Because we always talk about when you know who the owners is and the owners are getting their hands on things, it's usually a bad thing. And do you see this as being... A situation where the owner may be a little bit too close to the team or is he just kind of excited and he just wants to be there to get the ball rolling?
2: Yeah, I think it's still a little early to tell, you know, they're a brand new franchise. So obviously right now he's excited. He wants to be a part of everything until they get going, right? But hopefully once the season's underway and they get a few games under their belt, he kind of takes a back burner and just leaves, you know, the actual hockey guys do their job and keeps his hand out of the cookie jar, I guess would be a good way to put it. Because I always found when ownership kind of takes over, uh, from behind the curtain, I find bad things can happen to franchises because they, they come in from a business perspective. You know, they want a franchise to make money. That's, that's what they want. Um, but that kind of overshadows what's going on in the ice because from the front office point of view, they're in it to win, right? That's, that's their goal. That's their job role. Uh, so it's completely different from the ownership to the front office, but obviously from ownership perspective, you want to win as well. But to me, your first priority is making money.
1: Yeah. And sometimes they're even a bit too emotionally invested in their team. Kind of like, I feel like Buffalo's in that situation. Uh, Apologies. I don't know the, the names of the owners, uh, but the Pagulas
0: Pegula, or Terry Pagula, yeah, 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 his wife. I think that's mm-hmm. the name of it. They
1: it starts like, with a P. They like to stick their hand in yeah. the cookie jar a uh, lot. That's a big problem in
2: Buffalo. Yeah. I've said it before too. Um, you know, I really wish that ownership group would take a back seat and just stop meddling. Uh, and I think until that happens, their organization is taking a step
1: back. Mm. In my opinion, I know that you didn't watch the award show, or you just saw some highlights. Did you watch it? Jason? I just seen some highlights as well. Yeah. Did you see when Bill Foley screwed up? No, his draft order. No, he was supposed to draft or announced a pick from Detroit and he announced uh, Dallas or something like that. Oh (laughs) wow. It was embarrassing, but it was a perfect example of why he shouldn't have been on the stage. And
0: And when he was first getting the team ready, like he said, like we're going to be competitive right out the gate. We're going to win a cup in five or seven years or something like that. And, And everyone just kept saying that that's not how this works. Like, you're not gonna have a competitive team right at the gate. You need to build for the future right away. Yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's what George McPhee has done, really. He's all those draft picks he picked 100%. up and stuff. So yep. I think George McPhee did exactly what he needed to do. Yep.
2: Yep. No, I fully agree. That's the stance they needed to take from day one, you know, solidify
1: their future. And they really did that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure on some of the choices that they've made so far, but uh they have an overwhelming amount of draft picks. Mm-hmm. To, to use over the next five oh, years yeah. so it's you know big time kudos to them to steal your word
0: how much of the team that they have right now do you think we'll see on day one of the next season or do you think there's still going to be quite a bit of movement people coming and people going
2: uh there really could be because don't forget we got free agency coming up on july 1st and i see vegas potentially targeting somebody in my opinion um, whether that's a veteran blue liner somebody up front i really think they're going to target somebody
1: yeah, and as of this morning, there's even rumors that Mathot might be flipped, and okay. Emelin as well. Yeah. Uh, So, there could be huge changes. Like, yeah.
0: I think I think Mathot's no trade list included all of the Canadian teams, if I read that correctly. And I think he can go back to Ottawa, but he can't go back to Ottawa until the 1st of January of next year. I think oh, really? Yeah. So. Uh,
1: Mark Bergevin from Montreal actually... Spoke with Mathot and tried to get him to waive his no-trade clause. Really, to go to Montreal, and he declined. Wow, uh, I assume just because you know same division, he, he his hearts in Ottawa probably, right. so he doesn't want to play for an Ottawa rival. so It's kind of sad to see him
2: go from Ottawa because he did so well there. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, yeah, with that memorable playoff run this year, Mathot was a big factor in that. Yep. once he returned and whatnot.
0: And This is just kind of an Easter egg to people who have seen the lookalikes video. I like Mark Mathaugh just because he looks like our friend Chris Wilkinson. He does, so yeah. If you've seen that video, we have a friend, and Mark Mathaugh—it was probably the closest lookalike it's in that whole video. So, man, that was that, scary. Like, that's my connection to Mark Mathaugh now is our friend Chris Wilkinson. Yeah, so if, it's Edward Island. <laughs> if,
1: if you guys don't, or if you guys haven't seen that video, def- it's on the channel. Definitely go check it out. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable how much they look alike. Scary.
0: So, based on the lineup they have right now, if they played the first game with what they have. What kind of team are they? Are they 500 team? Are they under 500 team? Like,
2: I don't think they would be a playoff team yet. No. Obviously, you know, a lot of these guys haven't played together. So it's going to take a while to gel with their new teammates, as well as, you know, the system that they're looking to bring to the ice. I think they will be not in the bottom five in the league, but I'd probably put them in the bottom 10 in the
1: league. They might be. Pushing at the playoffs, they could get close. I mean, I'd be in shock. Best case be shock. scenario, they could get close to making the playoffs. I think if we look back at all the expansion teams of the last twenty-five or thirty years, they probably will do better than any previous expansion team based on their lineup. Uh, I don't, like you said, I don't think they're going to be in the bottom five. So, I don't, so it do be the, you don't
0: see them doing as bad as, as Colorado did this year. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, no. Like it, when and when Ottawa came into the league in ninety. Too, I think they did terrible mm-hmm. uh, same was Tampa and Florida, you know, all those expansion teams mm-hmm. just completely bombed. I think Las Vegas might surprise a lot of people. Yeah, they
2: had kind of an embarrassment of riches to choose from in the expansion draft. There's a lot of big names on there. Yeah. And to me, I thought they built a stellar lineup and they covered all the areas. You know, there are some veterans, there are a lot of younger guys, and they do have some speedy forwards, and they have some more defensive minded forwards. I, I thought they did a stellar job. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So if you're if you're a Vegas season ticket holder, you know that you need patience. Like this is a product that's going to take time and you're you know, you're part of that. If you're just the casual Vegas fan who buys the tickets, is is the team they have right now enough to be enjoyable to go to a majority of the games or do you think it's it's more of a we need to like how do you think the fans in Vegas will will accept that team outside of the season ticket holders? Like just the the non-hockey fans who are just saying, "Oh, we we have a team." And let's go see what they do. And if they're not competitive, how do you think the, the city will react to that?
2: To me, it still remains to be seen. I personally still don't view Las Vegas as a hockey market. I mean, that's just me. Uh, but then again, they could probably sell out just based on vacationing Canadians mm-hmm. and Americans who live more up north to the northern states.
0: The Florida effect.
2: Yeah, the Florida effect. I mean, they could probably sell out every game just based on vacationing hockey fans in Vegas. Uh, You know, it's a big tourist area. So there's going to be a lot of people in the city at all times from all aspects of the U.S., Canada, and maybe even overseas as well. Um, So it really remains to be seen. Um, I think they'll really embrace it early on. But, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how competitive that team is in order to hold that fan base and keep them interested for the long haul. I think that's going to be a big part of it,
1: yeah, and definitely. I mean, at the beginning when I first start to play these teams like Pittsburgh, with the Crosbys and Washington mm. with the Avechkins, people are going to come to see Vegas play those teams because you know they want to see superstars. Mm. They might not be huge, huge hockey fans, but the opportunity to see those uh, those big names come to town will be a huge draw as well. so that that'll be a uh, something that will be. In effect, for probably the first half of the season, once all those guys come, and we will probably trail off. People will care less and less. Yeah. yeah.
0: What do you think about Flurry going there? Like, and what do? You, how do you think Crosby's reaction to that is? Because you kind of seen him at the award show when he was brought out on the stage, and Crosby wasn't like happy, but he was. He had the somber look on his face. Like this is someone he's played with for a long time. Yep. Yeah. So how do you, like as a Pittsburgh fan, what's your thoughts on that? Or how do you think Crosby's reaction is?
2: Well, Fleury's been there since 2003. He was taken first overall in 2003. So he's been there a very, very long time. He's a very heart and soul, team first oriented type of player. Um, You know, because with the emergence of Matt Murray, Fleury hasn't really played a lot you know, in the last two seasons, yeah, he's gotten his games in, but not like the previous years when he was the guy in Pittsburgh. And it didn't really phase him. You know, it never, he never really showed signs that it bothered him that somebody had come in and taken over his number one position. Uh, He was able to just kind of push that aside and focus on the success of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he was a big part of their cup run this year, because when Matt Murray went down basically before the playoffs even started, uh, you know, he stepped in and he carried that team uh, through Washington. Uh, that one just pops to mind right away. I mean, he shut out the Washington Capitals in game seven of that series for Pittsburgh to go on and face the Ottawa Senators in the Eastern Conference final. So without Marc-Andre Fleury, they wouldn't have won a cup this year. So he was a big part of it. And you saw as well when they uh, won the cup and they're celebrating on the ice, who did Marc-Andre Fleury give that cup to? Who did he seek out in the crowd? Matt Murray Mm -hmm. I mean that speaks volumes you know he's a very uh, humble mature guy team-oriented and that what he did with the cup and handing it to Matt Murray just really proved all that. He's really going to be missed. And uh, just the other week, he installed a, a new playground. in. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Geez, I, I can't recall if it was a school or a type of children's hospital or something, but he donated all the money necessary in order to build that playground for the children in the city of Pittsburgh. So he's, he's done a lot in and around uh, Pittsburgh as well. Uh, he's done so much for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He'll be... Sadly, sadly missed, and I think he'll be a Pittsburgh Penguin forever at heart.
1: I, it was just like, what, two weeks ago that Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup, and then we saw him on stage in a Las Vegas Golden Knights uniform. That's got to be strange being him uh, celebrating a Cup win. He's going to get his day with the Cup yep. to celebrate this summer, yep. and he's already part of a new team. That's got to be strange.
2: Yeah, and it also freed up $5.5 million in cap for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, that's huge. I mean, they had a lot of guys brought in for this Cup run as well, and there's a lot of guys that are going to be free agents, and you know, this extra cap space will allow them to sign some of these key components
0: why do you think they had to throw in a draft pick in order for vegas to take them with as well
2: who knows was
0: george mcphee kind of telling them well i might take these goalies and and pittsburgh really wanted to dump that salary so do you think he was just ne- it was negotiating tactics as maybe he was going to take them all along but he said you know if you throw in a draft pick i'll take them like
2: well it could have been it, it but... seems like
0: he's a, a pretty good goalie that wouldn't need a, that draft pick associated with it he's just You know, you you don't protect him, and he seems like... Because we were talking about a few podcasts ago, we thought he was going. Yeah.
2: So, Mm. Well, I mean, he almost went at the trade deadline. He was, you know, within probably an hour or two away, maybe, from going. I know Rutherford said in a lot of interviews that potentially dealing Marc-Andre Fleury at the trade deadline was something he was seriously considering because he felt that they were a little weak on the blue line, especially with the Chris Letang injury. He felt that they needed to do something in order to solidify themselves for another cup run. And the way he looked at it is, OK, with the emergence of Matt Murray, I think Fleury could go. We could free up that $5.5 million in cap and we could bring in the assets we need in order to secure another cup run. Um, so he was very close to being dealt at the trade deadline. But since he didn't deal him at the trade deadline, I bet you he's thinking that's the best decision I've ever made in my GM career. Because keeping Flurry and Murray, they rhyme, uh, it basically <laughs> brought them right back to the Stanley Cup.
0: <laughs> so you're a Pittsburgh fan, so this may yep. be a little bit of a biased question. but And you don't have the list in front of you, so this might not be fair either. But if you were the GM, if you were George McPhee, is Flurry who you would have taken out of all the goalies that were available? Or would you have looked at other things
2: too. Oh, I would have taken him without question. I mean, he's won three Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was, in my opinion, the biggest reason next to Malkin because Malkin won the Conn Smythe in 2009. That That's the reason why they won the Cup against Detroit in 2009. Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, look at that sprawling save on Nick Lidstrom with what? Three seconds left on the clock to keep that score 2-1 and for them to win their first Cups since the early 90s. He was a big reason. He's a very experienced guy. Uh, he's very, he's a very almost star oriented guy. You know, he's the type of guy who doesn't back away from the spotlight as well. And I think he's going to be an amazing spokesperson to really get that Las Vegas franchise launched and out to the masses in the area. I think he's going to be a great centerpiece to do that.
0: I don't know if you guys seen the picture of Malkin on Twitter the night of, he was yeah. standing with a jersey on saying yeah. my MVP yeah. and had... Flurry's number on with all the trophies in the back. I thought that was pretty nice of him to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, they really, really liked the guy. He was a prankster as well in the dressing room. You know, he'd pull pranks on all the boys. Uh, you know, sometimes they'd be doing interviews and he'd kind of crawl up so that they couldn't see see him amongst, you know, the of reporters and he'd tie their skate laces together, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, he was always having fun. And uh, I think that's something he'll bring to the Las Vegas franchise. And I think that's another reason why they probably targeted him as well, because they knew that they could start to build around him given his experience and they could use him as their main spokesperson. And I think he's really going to be their main spokesperson when their uh, franchise hits the ice.
1: Yeah, I kind of got that impression just the way he's, he was in so many photos over the weekend. Oh yeah. Uh, or, or sorry, this week. And, uh, I really think that he is basically as of now, the face of the, the, of the Vegas Knights. Yeah.
2: Him next to James Neal, I think are going to be the two faces of yeah. Las Vegas. Who have played together in yep, Pittsburgh before. They so. have.
1: And, uh, who did? Oh, I thought that. Yeah, this is unrelated, but uh, the Trevor Van Riemsdyk trade to Carolina. Uh, Scott Darling also went to Carolina. Two players who've who've played yep. together before. So it going be interesting to see that Carolina sword. That was completely off topic. <laughs> that's all right. That's what it made me think of.
0: The last thing I'll wrap up with the Flurry conversation is he's taken a lot of criticism for playoff performances where he's done poorly, mm. but he seems to handle it very well.
1: Oh, yeah. So yeah, he does. like
0: I, I agree with you guys completely where I think that if you put this face as your franchise, and even Pittsburgh had a little flower next to their Twitter Twitter, handle after he was traded, so I think I think he is a guy that's well liked in the league.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I actually see him kind of doing a 180 and going back to Pittsburgh in some capacity, maybe not as an actual player, but you know, maybe when his career wraps up. Because I mean, given his age. You know, probably six years, maybe seven years, he'd probably be wrapping it up. Uh, but I see him going back to Pittsburgh, kind of like a Sergei Gonchar, who works with the defense core there. Uh, I see him going back in hey, some capacity. He could be a goalie coach or yeah, something. Yeah.
0: Has he done enough, in your opinion, to be someone that would be honored by the organization or not quite? Like, Crosby will be honored, obviously. His mm-hmm. jersey will be hung. Has Flurry done enough or, or not quite
2: That one would be really up to debate. I know myself, following the Pittsburgh Penguins that I do, I feel that he has. I mean, you know, he was there for the three cup runs. Uh, He's just done so much in and around Pittsburgh as well. Um, And he's a big reason why they've had success over the last few years. I mean, yeah, he did have some terrible, terrible playoff performances, but he was able to bounce back. And I think he's really kind of pushed those demons aside over the last year because his performance in the playoffs this year was stellar. I mean, I would have no complaints over his performance this
1: year. He did amazing.
0: Okay, so Neil has a list of some trades that I, happened.
1: I do. So much has happened over the past couple of days. I've made a chronological list of, I, I think it's completely chronologically right, uh, but we're going to go through it, starting with the Edmonton and the Islanders trade. So Edmonton trades every to to uh, the Islanders in exchange for Ryan Strom. we talked about some of these briefly mm-hmm. in the video that we just did the other day. Uh, but well, yeah, let's just talk about it again. I personally think it was a, Fair trade on both sides. Uh, I think Strom's going to be great in Edmonton. And I think Everly could be great uh, for the Islanders.
2: Yeah, I think there's still an upside on uh, Strom. I think he can develop, you know, into a great player over the next several years. Uh, and with the Islanders going after Everly, to me, it's almost kind of a, a risk or reward. Uh, you know, Everly could kind of rejuvenate his career. Sometimes a change of atmosphere is all the player needs. Uh, he had 51 points this year. At $6 million, to me, he was drastically overpaid yeah. for what they got out of him in Edmonton. Um, so at the same time, they're probably smiling because they've just dumped that salary. Oh,
1: yeah. I think they've been trying to do that for a while. I mean, he's yeah. been in the rumors the oh, past yeah. couple of years. So any thoughts on? Nope. No. <laughs> uh, so Carolina, moving on, they uh, sent a second round pick to Las Vegas Golden Knights for Trevor Van Uh So I, I kind of mentioned this before about Trevor Van trevor van reemstike playing with scott darling so carolina could be a bit of a competitive scary team in the next couple years i i like this trade yeah there's some good things
2: going on in carolina and if you're a carolina fan i would be very excited for the next several years and maybe even beyond to me their organization is making some interesting maneuvers in order to solidify their future so no i i don't really have any negative things uh, to say about this one i like it actually
0: yeah on the I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before when we were pr- projecting what teams would make the playoffs next year and which ones would fall out. Carolina was one of them that we agreed that could surprise people and jump yes. up. And, and I think Carolina is not getting the credit they deserve really because they're right. very similar to Toronto with a bunch of young up and coming. Like these these players are going to be very good. They have a, they're going to have a good team. And I and I feel like the coverage for them. Maybe it's just because we're in Canada. Like I don't know what it's like in the states, but you don't really hear a lot of Carolina up here. So I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing them next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they did stellar to close out their season this year. They, they almost made it. Yeah, they, they, were, they almost yeah. made it. I mean, they were almost unbeatable yeah. in the last month of the regular season. They were playing incredible hockey. If they carry that into next season, they're making the playoffs.
1: Well said. All right, moving on to the third trade. Uh, so we have Montreal sending out a fifth-round pick to Las Vegas Golden Knights for Shlumko. So this trade, we again, we talked about this on the video, but this is a confusing trade to me, I don't understand how he's only worth a fifth round pick. I was, I would have probably given a third, but I don't know. I think, I think Montreal won this trade. Yeah. I, I'm a Montreal fan, so I don't want to sound biased, but as my unbiased opinion, I still think they won this trade. Yeah. Cause I said in the video
2: that we did uh, right away, I said a fifth round pick.
1: Yeah. Like, really?
2: Jeez. <laughs> I thought the guy would have had a little more worth than that. Yeah. You know, maybe even a third, but again, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest Montreal fan in any way. So whatever Montreal does, yeah, I pay attention to it, but I don't <laughs> overanalyze it because the last thing I want is to see Montreal competitive. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I mean, I understand it because Las Vegas, they're looking for picks. They yeah. want to grow their team. So oh, I yeah. understand it. And they have an, an abundance of defensemen right now and, a, and an abundance of cap. So they need to get rid of that and get rid of a few defensemen. So I understand it. I just think they probably could have got more for it. Yep. All right, moving on to when the... Uh, crap hit the fan Chicago started their rampage they trained, traded uh, Yermelson to Arizona for Connor Murphy and Laurent Dupin? Dupin I don't know I'm so bad with names d-o-d-o-d-o-u-p-h-i-n or I don't know Dufin, Dufin. maybe. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? I'm not sure. Anyways, what's your thoughts on that trade? (laughs) Well,
2: that one actually surprised me because Jolmerson to me, was probably their best shot-blocking defenseman. So man I, I was really in shock and for a while i was scratching my head and i kept asking myself what the hell is chicago doing yeah. like, my goodness but i think maybe a lot of it was because of the insane scare they got from the national predators in the first round and i think they instantly thought hey wait a minute we got a few loopholes here we need to address this so i think with everything going on with the expansion draft and whatnot you know they were trying to take advantage of the situation yeah. but if it were up to me jarmelson he would have been staying.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm not I can't a fan of this it. one at all. all right, and shortly after that, Chicago made another trade. They gave up Panarin and, is it Mott or Mo- Moat? And a uh, 2017 sixth round pick. And they sent those to Columbus for Saad and for- Anton Forsberg and a 2018 fifth round pick. This was a blockbuster. Yeah, it was to me.
0: There yeah. are a lot of Chicago fans not happy with this trade. And
1: didn't you tell me something earlier about this?
0: Joe Quinville apparently was seen walking out of mm. the draft meeting, getting in a taxi and leaving right in the middle of it.
1: There you go. So
0: well. I, that's, that's all we can say. That That is a report. It's out there. It's confirmed. We don't know if he's not happy with what happened. We, we can't, we can speculate like if that's all anyone can do, nobody knows unless you ask the man, but it's, the way I look at it, he's not happy with what's happening.
1: I don't know how he could be. I don't. I mean, there are so many Chicago fans commenting on, on the video yesterday. Yeah. Unhappy. They were not pleased. Like, what is Stan Bowman doing? He's going crazy. He's blowing mm-hmm. up this team. Because we made a video about this a mm-hmm. couple months ago. Like, what's wrong yep. with the Chicago Blackhawks? Yep. And we yep. discussed not too many changes need to be made. Mm-hmm. If any changes need to be made, maybe it was uh, management or coaching staff or something like that. We played around with the idea. But as far as the structure of the team not too too many trades needed to be made and especially not Panarin right. who I think was a, a guy who is part of your future yep. yeah and big time I think, was it you that said he had to, he took a hometown See, discount he
0: took a little bit of a, of a discount and he kind of he took kind of like one of those PK Suban bridge deals it wasn't as low as PK's was because he just signed the one year really low so But it was a lower discount with a lower term in order to get paid more later down the road. So Mm -hmm. the people who are for this trade are just saying that Chicago can't afford him long term. And that's why they're happy with it. But right now they can kind of – like even with this trade, they're still over the cap as of the time we're typing this right now. So they're – they are they still have to get rid of stuff. Yeah. So –
1: like,
0: and we've talked about how good Stan Bowman has done, yeah. Like videos and like, yep. like he keeps his core. He flips a couple people, pulls people. Like we didn't even know who Panarin was, and then you put him on Kane's <laughs> yes. line, and all of a sudden everybody knows who Panarin is. And now this big trade happens.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were saying, "Well, Panarin was just you know successful because of who he was associated with and who he was playing with on his line." And a lot of people said, "Well, if you moved him off that line and you put him on a different line with no Patrick Kane, would he still have the same success?" It's an interesting question yeah. that's up for debate. Uh, has he proven himself to be successful without a bona fide superstar like Patrick well, Kane playing the, on the his same, line?
1: Same could be said for Anisimov as well in Chicago. So. Yeah, big
2: time. But, I mean, if you look at Jarmelson, Panarin, and now with the Hosa situation and Hosa gone next year, Chicago Blackhawks are going to be a completely different team on the ice next
1: year. Yeah, they got Saad back. Uh, so, yeah, Sod's back. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a part of Kane and, and Taves doing a, – a, Think There's they reports requested? on Twitter that
0: mm-hmm. they 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 highly suggested they'd like him. They the highly
1: comeback. suggested, yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, Anton Forsberg, so they got you know they got a, another player back. So I, it wasn't like a, a total loss, but still a, no. a, a confusing one for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it was a bit of, we want a little more grit in our lineup. And mm. I think maybe that was exposed during that Nashville series. And I think it was a big wake-up call that, hey, wait a minute, maybe we need a little more grit in our lineup. And I think that's what they were trying to do here. But unfortunately, man, Panarin... I wouldn't have sent that guy anywhere yeah, after year. what I've seen from him.
0: I want to ask Justin something real quick before we move on, because he wasn't here for the last couple. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Chicago's in trouble by having twenty-one million dollars wrapped up in two players? And <laughs> and we had the debate about Jonathan Taves a few times now. I think. Yeah. They say he's overpaid for the for the numbers you get out of him. Like he's a great leader and all this stuff, but in terms of what he gives you, Chicago fans are saying that he's overpaid and it's. It's hurting them because the cap's actually coming back down. So do you think they're kind of get their hands tied with that and he's just trying to figure out ways around it? or like,
2: Well, here's an interesting question. Do you think Jonathan Taze is worth more money than Alex Ovechkin? Do you think Jonathan Taze is worth more money than Sidney Crosby?
0: but we know Sidney Crosby took a big discount for that organization. And he's an
2: insanely superstitious guy. He wanted 8.7, you know, uh, 87 number. My goodness, that follows him his whole life. But yeah, uh, when you look at it from say an output perspective, okay, this is what Jonathan Tays is putting up number wise every year. This is what Ovechkin and Crosby or even a Stamkos is putting up every year. Of course, when Stamkos is there and he's healthy, um, you know, to me, the money doesn't really coincide with the numbers. Um, To me, I think Jonathan Taze is overpaid. I think he's overpaid
1: opinion. a little bit, but I mean, they won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, they did. He, he, you got to reward them a, a little bit. I do think he's overpaid, yeah. but you still have to reward them. I mean, if, I, if I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, I'm still pretty happy my team just won three Stanley Cups. Yeah. So.
2: I'm more lenient toward Patrick Kane making that kind of money. Um, you know, Jonathan Taze, if they were able to... Take off two point five million off of that. I think I'd be a lot more That's satisfied with too, it. Yeah. Two point five off that salary, I think, would be a lot better number, given what you know he brings. But to me, they look at him as you know their franchise, their centerpiece, their captain, and they want to keep him around. Obviously,
1: it's kind of like the Kopitar situation. I think he makes eleven million, uh, yeah, and again, he won two cups for the the Los Angeles uh, franchise. But still, I think he's a little overpaid mm-hmm. for sure. Again, that two to three. 2 to 3 million number.
2: There, that could be a good video. Who do we think is overpaid? Yeah,
1: actually it's been suggested a few times yep. the most over, the most uh, overpaid contracts, yeah.
0: See, one thing GMs have to be careful about is is not paying people for past performance. You have to kind of project what you're going to get out <laughs> right. of them and oh, pay, they, pay them for what's coming. Yep. So, I'm not sure did they have their new contracts in when they won their last cup, Chicago, or her head was that after their last cup,
1: and it was after it was either right before or right after their second cup. I'm pr- almost positive. Okay, so hmm. they
0: they haven't won a cup since they've got they have big won contracts. one cup. They've won one since. Okay, at
1: least. So yeah.
0: in the end, if you look looking back like years down the road, you may look back and say that yeah, he paid them for their past performance and and kind of screwed the future by doing that.
1: Hmm.
2: Well, it's hard. It's really hard to keep, you know, a constantly competitive team that can chase a cup, potentially go on that deep playoff run when you have that much money tied up in just two players. Yeah. It's not
1: easy. I still think they're going to be competitive, though. Oh, but yeah. I really think so. Yeah.
2: I think Chicago's going to turn it around. I mean, yeah, it was a shock to the Chicago fan base, the franchise, the hockey world that Nashville took them out four straight in the first round.
1: I did not predict that in a million years. There's still people commenting on that video oh. saying... Quoting you right. saying that Chicago will not be beaten by Nashville. Oh.
2: oh, come on. I'm in the majority. Majority of the people would not have predicted Nashville to beat Chicago four oh, straight exactly. in the first round. Come on. Yeah. Who the hell it would was a have a predicted that? Yeah. My do, you, goodness. do you
0: think that was a team composition issue or do you think it was more fluky? Like that the run that Boston had in the past where they swept Pittsburgh four nothing, nobody would have predicted that either. And yeah. I think if you would have replayed that series, Two weeks later, I think it would have been a lot different of an outcome. So do you think that's just kind of how the dominoes fall sometimes? Or do you think Nashville was significantly better than Chicago?
2: Well, I said in the video that we did about this, you know, what's wrong with the Chicago Blackhawks? I said it was due to Chicago having the same system on the ice for basically a decade. I think Nashville really did their homework. And they knew that if they could get through Chicago, they could come out of the West. I think that was their mindset. And they probably studied tape till they were blue in the face. And they knew exactly how to beat the Chicago Blackhawks. It was basically like they put on a clinic and they beat them at their own game. They beat them to every loose puck and they knew what Chicago was going to do before Chicago even did it. And that's why I said, maybe this is the time where Chicago may look at Quinville and say, hey, maybe it's time for a change here because maybe teams have totally figured us out because we've had the exact same system on the ice for a decade.
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of Chicago underperforming a little bit and then a lot of Nashville maybe overperforming a little bit. So... Just just yeah. uh, two storms collided there. Yeah,
2: I think Chicago underestimated them completely. Yeah. I know I did. Absolutely. And I'll admit that. I completely underestimated I think, Nashville. I think,
1: I think everyone did at first, yeah. But it
2: was so exciting to see them go all the way to the cup final. I mean, what a what a ride that was.
1: Yeah. It,
0: it was kind of like Ottawa in the same way. Like, just nobody expected Ottawa to win the series they were in, and they just kept going and going. And I think it was the same on both sides, really.
1: Yeah, I think uh, myself, uh, you, and my father all predicted Boston to beat Ottawa in that first round. I don't remember what your prediction was or even if you I thought made that one, Boston but. was going to lose oh, yeah? in seven, yeah. I, that's You're probably overcritical of your team just <laughs> that's like, that's because, like yeah. I am with Montreal. Like we had yeah. a
0: lot of injuries and, and it just, I just didn't think it was going to happen. But yeah. when it happened, I was kind of surprised to be honest.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on, shall we? Let's talk about the uh, New York Rangers and Arizona trade. So the Rangers sent out uh is it Stepan or st- Stepan? St- yeah, I and believe then, uh anti or Ranta, however you want to pronounce it, I don't care. And then they got back from Arizona uh D'Angelo D'Angelo uh 2017 seventh overall pick. So I don't really know what to think about this. I feel like I feel like Arizona actually won this trade for sure. And I don't really know what the Rangers were thinking.
2: Uh, I I'm not sure either. Glenn Sather does some stupid. Beep. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way I can you know fully explain it. And to me, Arizona is going to be ten times the team next year based on what they've done in the last couple. Well, couple of days really. Um, to me, they clearly won this one. I'm a big fan of Stephon, and I'm a big fan of Ronta as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think Ronta's I mean, I hope he gets to start now, now that Mike Smith is gone from uh arizona i hope that andy ranta gets the starting position um he he deserves it because he Mm. played great in in new york when he had the opportunity yep and uh, he'll be good in arizona as well so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see arizona they made some big changes with don going out and the and the coach uh change and now with a few players coming in it's going to be
2: interesting. Well, they've piqued my interest. I know I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to Arizona. I this think year, I will too. Yeah, given definitely. the changes that they've made, I think they're making all the right changes. In my opinion,
1: yeah, they're go- you're finally maybe trending in the right direction. Yep. All right, moving on to the St. Louis and Philadelphia trades. So St. Louis sent out Laterra, 27th uh, pick and a 2018 conditional first round pick to Philadelphia in, re- in exchange for Braden Shen. This would kind of shock me as well. This one really shocked me because
2: Braden Shen has had a lot of success for the Philadelphia Flyers, and to me, he was you know a real key component for them moving forward. I mean, he's still not a very old player by any means. Uh, He's still got so many years ahead of him and prime years, in my opinion. I didn't understand this one at all, but to me, I think it was due to the trade uh, that was coming between St. Louis and Pittsburgh, which I'm sure we'll talk about very shortly. I think it was to kind of counteract that a little bit. In my opinion, but to me, there's huge upside to Braden Shen.
1: Oh, I think Love St. Louis won this trade for sure, and yeah. it fills a lot of holes that they had. I mean, they had uh, Shattenkirk leave, and they have a few contract situations that they need to figure out. Braden Shen is, I think he's going to fit really, really well in St. Louis. I think I it's think a so. brilliant trade.
2: Yeah, he's a hard nosed player. Yeah. You know, uh, I always respect players like that a guy that can score a goal and a guy that can mix it up as well. Yeah,
1: he can hit, he'll fight, he'll do everything. Yeah. So. All right, moving on to the Pittsburgh-St. Louis trade. I know you're just dying to talk about this. Yes, so I Pittsburgh am. sent out a 31st overall pick with uh, Sunquist, and they got in return from St. Louis-Ryan Reeves in a 51st overall
2: pick. Yeah, 51st, yeah. To me, there was some upside to Sundquist because I had kept an eye on him during his developmental time, and I think in the next several years, he could have been a very effective player. How old is he? Oh, geez, he would only be in his early 20s. Yeah, because I've literally never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, off the top of my head, I wouldn't know his exact age by any means, but no, yeah. he's not up there, that's for sure. But yeah, for Reeves to come in, to me, this was the answer to something that, really went on a lot in the playoffs and teams were really taking their shots at Pittsburgh's top talent, Malkin and Crosby, Kessel, and so on. They felt that they needed to bring in somebody that could really answer back to that and say, okay, if you're going to take a cheap shot at our superstars, you're going to pay for that. And I think that's why they targeted this guy, because that's exactly what he does. But if you look at Pittsburgh over the last two years, how did they win two, two Stanley Cups? Speed, talent, and more speed. Does this guy come in and scream, I'm talented, I have speed, and more speed? No. <laughs> it was, it's,
1: yeah, it's he doesn't. kind and, of a strange accusation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like it to say, okay, they're bringing in somebody, they're bringing in some muscle to help protect their star players, but then at the same time, I think to myself, well, if they put this guy in the lineup, who the hell's coming out yeah. of the lineup? Because if he goes in, someone has to come out. And to me, that's a
1: big concern. Because if I'm even looking at Pittsburgh's fourth line,
2: there's not one guy I want to take out of the
1: lineup. Yeah, and when I look at Ryan Reeves, I don't really see a player that, like, if I could pick him, if I could pick him to go to any team that he probably wouldn't fit in on, in, on, uh, Pittsburgh would be the team, so. Yeah, I think it shocked a lot of people, but at the same time, you know, Pittsburgh does
2: have a lot of depth. They have a lot of great, you know, developmental players. Um, you know, they could afford to get rid of a guy like Sunquist. They really could. Um, and I think bringing in Ryan Reeves is just going to, uh, you know, add that depth factor when they feel that, okay, some guys have been taking liberties at our superstars. We can inject this guy into our lineup in order to counteract that. Yeah. I think that's what the end goal was.
1: Absolutely. Okay. That ends up the chronological order of the trades. Now let's do the Starting the chronological order of the news, I guess. So first, uh, Arizona fires Tippett. We talked about this in the video. I don't know if you have anything to say on this, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't really a shock because Arizona, I mean, we just kind of talked about it, but they they needed to make some changes. They needed to trend in a different direction. I was, even though I like Tippett, I was okay with this decision.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was the second longest tenured coach, I believe since 2009. Yeah. yeah. Since 2009. And, you know, with Doan now on the outside looking in, you know, towards Arizona, I think Tippett was the next guy that had to go, uh, you know, Arizona's really shaking things up. I mean, look at the trades that they've made. And to me, it was just time, you know, in order to bring in somebody new, take control of that bench and, you know, put a new system out there with the new guys that are coming into their lineup. Uh, Uh, That's absolutely no knock on him as a coach. He's incredible, and I think he's going to be gobbled up by another organization in no time. Uh, But I think it was the right thing to do.
1: Well, this is a great segue because in the video I said I felt like he would maybe go to the East Coast and maybe be an assistant coach. For some reason, I I was thinking Florida. And then within an hour after that, Florida announced uh, the next on my list that they've hired Jack uh, Capuano as their new assistant coach. Uh, What's your thoughts on this? Wow! No,
2: I think that's a great move, actually. And to be honest, that's the first I heard of it. Really? How the hell did I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, really? How did I miss that? No, that's to be honest, I'm not even sure what to say because I'm just finding out right now. Boom!
1: Well, he, no, that's very exciting.
2: So that's as for them.
1: as we know, he was f- fired, or yeah, he was he was li- literally fired from the Islanders. Uh, they didn't part ways. He was fired. Uh, Doug Weight took over. So I mean, Jack Capuano is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he yep. might fit in well with Florida. We'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm okay with this for now. Yeah, I think you will. I yeah. mean, I really like the guy. All right, moving on to the next news. TJ Oshie signs with Washington for $46 million over eight years. This is a blockbuster. What's your thoughts? I think this was absolutely crucial for the Washington
2: Capitals. If they want to remain in a competitive team and you know potentially get over that hurdle finally of getting through the second round of the playoffs, T.J. Oshie is the guy that's going to help them do it. He's been so successful with the Washington Capitals, it's almost scary because I think he gets better every year he plays there. And man, did I hate that guy in the Washington-Pittsburgh series. I kept cursing that T.J. Oshie. And it was just based out of respect because that's how yeah. good of a player he is and how effective he is at his role. He can score a goal. He can agitate. He's not the type of guy that's going to drop the gloves and fight anybody, that's for sure. Yeah. But, man, he is great at getting teams off their game. I have nothing but absolute respect for TJ Oshi, and I'm very happy that Washington was able to make this work because he is a key component if they're going to be doing anything in the next few years.
1: Yeah, well said. I think if, if you're a Washington Capitals fan, you probably looked at the team and said – Okay, the number one thing they need to do in the offseason is sign T.J. Oshie, yep. and they did that early now, uh, so that's that's great for the Washington Capitals fans yep. and the organization, and T.J. Oshie as well, he gets to, to settle down into to a spot. He's still a young guy, so maybe he has kids on the way, or a wife, or I don't know his situation, okay. but uh, his... His upbringing will be in Washington. Looks like for for a while, yeah.
2: Yeah, you could tell he really wanted to stay there too. Yeah. I mean, after the contract went down, I mean, he hit Twitter right away and he was uh, tweeting about this. You could tell he was ecstatic to stay with the Washington Capitals. Uh, to me, he's played the best hockey of his career in Washington.
1: Yeah, in my opinion. So that's
0: a that's a five seven five cap it. I think somewhere around there.
1: Which which is a brilliant number, I think, for TJ Oshie. That's a
0: for what he gives you right now. Oh yeah, he's underpaid. Mm-hmm. In, one- in eight years from now or seven years from now. You may be looking at it saying, "We're not. Yeah, we're paying six million for a guy who's getting near forty, and
1: eight, but, eight years is a long time." So it is. obviously,
0: this is a signing saying we're going for it now, and we're hoping he can get us there. And so I think this is I think this is a good signing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I right. think
0: I think people may look, you know, in six years' time, saying, "Wow, we're paying this guy almost six million dollars a year," but they're going to look back at the last four or five years and saying, "No, that money was well spent."
1: It's. uh, Do you think he took a a discount a little bit to stay with Washington? Uh, No,
0: no.
2: I really think that's. uh, I think he made it on term.
0: I think he made it on term.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think that's a fair number, and uh, to me, I think he really wanted to stay there. So if he did take a discount if there's any franchise he would do it for, I think it would be the Washington Capitals. Cause I think he even knows that playing in Washington has basically made his career. In my opinion, he's played amazing hockey for Washington.
1: No, I don't know any more details on the contract, but do you know if there's a no trade clause?
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know that. Do you, do you I'm know? I thought man,
1: no, no, I'd be surprised if there wasn't, but mm. uh, who knows? Okay. Moving on. I th- I don't even know if this is official yet, but Chris Russell signs for 4 million years. Or four, for four, no, million for years? 4 million years. Oh my. Well, who did that deal? Epic. <laughs> Okay, he's signed for $4 million per year for four years. Wow, that was amazing. What's yeah, your, what's I, your I
2: thought this was official, actually. Uh, could I be, recall yeah. reading about this last night. Um, no, to me, I think it was a, a good signing. Um, I think maybe some people could argue about the $4 million per year, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a bad signing. Could it have been a little better? Maybe, but no,
1: I wouldn't argue this one too much. I think four years was, or I think 4 million was too high. I would have seen, like to see around 2.5 maybe. Uh, I think he was overpaid here, but you know, Mm -hmm. if we'll see in the future if it's, if it works out for them, but yeah, 400 million years, yeah, or four. What did I say earlier? Four Four million years. Four million years? (laughs) Unbelievable. All right, the hostess situation. Let's talk about this, because this is a very interesting topic. He's got a skin condition that he's been taking medication for, and it's no longer working as effectively as it used to when he first started taking it. He's announced that he won't be playing next year. He hasn't announced his retirement yet. Mm -mm. But this is such a strange situation, and we have even older... NHL players who have retired come out and say that this is a thing. I had it t- I had it too. I just didn't talk about it. Right.
2: What's your thoughts on this? Well, to be honest, it's kind of one of those really uh, heartfelt situations, you know, kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit because Hosa is a stand-up guy, an amazing player and he brings so much to the Chicago Blackhawks. Man, they are really going to miss him next year. Uh, he is beloved year. by the fans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you have to think of your health first, right? And if this is his way to potentially overcome overcome this with different medications different treatment methods that sort of thing then this is what he needs to do because if you don't have your health you have nothing and that's the way you got to look at it and i assure everybody when they hang up their skates and they walk away from the nhl they want to be healthy enough in order to enjoy their life after hockey so if this is what he has to do this is what he has to yeah
1: do. big time respect for him for taking the time to handle this properly mm-hmm. so late in his career potentially right. maybe not even returning so big respect to him and uh I assume that there'll be some kind of, not celebration, celebration was the wrong word there. Uh, You know, at the beginning of the season when they do like ceremonies before the games and stuff, I have a feeling that they're going to walk Hossa out in the ice and he's going to get a standing ovation.
2: Oh, Uh, definitely. I mean, I think he'd still be around in some capacity at the organization. I mean, he lives and breeds the Chicago Blackhawks and he's such a fan favorite too. You know, I could see him making plenty of of appearances and so on, just Mm. being around the boys, being around the team. You know, as a player, you just always want to be there, and I think he'll still be a part of that stuff, but unfortunately, he just won't be in the practices, in the games, or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't think himself. celebration was the wrong word. I think that was the right word. It's celebration, I, yeah. I think was, they'll, <laughs> they'll celebrate. If he, if, if he comes back and can't play or whatever, I think they will celebrate him as a person. Yeah. And as someone that's, you know, been involved with that organization. He is very well-liked, like... If you read the, if you read up on the, like I was looking into the Tave situation a while ago when, when people were saying he was overpaid and people were listing all of the players and Hosa was one of the players that pretty much everyone was happy with what he was doing for the team and what he was paid and who he is as a person. So, but I want to ask you, um, I, that was the first I've ever heard of other people saying that they also had that that skin condition. Is that something related to sports, like in in hockey, with like I don't know whether it be sweat or whatever, or is that just some something that some people get?
1: I, 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 yeah, I'm not exactly sure it's, I know it's equipment related, so I don't know if it's the material that they use or just like the rubbing up against and down. I, I, I don't know enough about it, mm. but it's, it's interesting to see people come out uh, now and say that they've had it and almost like they were embarrassed to talk about it or something before, but I mean, I understand it, but uh, it's probably feel, it makes Hosa feel better that other people have gone through this as well. And now they're speaking up about it. So it's, I mean, yeah, I guess celebration was the right word. Mm-hmm. You're celebrating his career, his, his life.
0: Like You're not celebrating the fact that he can't play. Yeah, you're, that's, just, you're celebrating him as a person. I, I, I didn't want it to make a scene no. like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, next on the on the list, uh, Mike Smith's trade. We didn't talk about this and we should have. That was 100% my fault. I apologize for that. But let's talk about it now. Mike Smith goes from Arizona to Calgary.
2: I think Mike Smith is going to kill it. In Calgary, in my opinion, Uh, Calgary definitely needed a number one net miner and Mike Smith's going to be their guy.
1: Mike Smith is an amazing goalie and he's never had a team in front of him who can Mm. uh, back him up or, you know, like play really, really well in front of him. Calgary might be that team. So it's going to be I mean, Mike Smith has been with the Arizona Coyotes for a while now. It's going to be interesting to see him in Calgary.
2: Yeah, I'm very anxious to see him in Calgary, and you know, as I just said, I think he's going to kill it in Calgary. I think this is going to completely turn his career around, and uh, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, in my
1: opinion. So that means that the Calgary Flames have some decisions to make with Elliot. Who I is he? I think Elliot's a UFA this year. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure um, actually. Not sure. And, and uh, Johnson as well. So they've mm-hmm. got three goalies there. Something's gonna. Someone's yeah, need to gonna, gonna need to go out, get. and Mike Smith just came in, so he ain't going anywhere. So. Yeah, he's not going anywhere because obviously they wanted him there. Yeah, so he's I not going assume anywhere. Elliott might be on his way out. Maybe in the East Coast, maybe Philadelphia. Who knows? Did
0: Mike Smith, Smith make one of the Canadian teams? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Was the, yeah. He was the third. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. It yeah. wasn't the yeah. last year; it was the year before yeah. that. Okay. I think. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, he
1: did.
0: And I think this just goes back to the point you made a while ago saying that Arizona is just shaking everything up right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they have to. Look at what they've done over the past 10, 15 years. They've made the playoffs, what, once, twice? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they got of do something, whether yeah. whether fans agree with it or not. At this point, any change is good change, I think. Yeah,
2: I think they're doing uh, all the right moves, in my opinion.
1: All right, last on the list, uh, I'm not sure how long this podcast has been so far, but...
0: We're looking at about 50 minutes or so. Fifteen minutes I, until wrap-up? 50 minutes so far. 50,
1: oh, so, All right, so we got about 10 minutes. Let's talk about the Duchesne rumors. Now, these have been going on since maybe even the beginning of the season. And during the trade deadline period, there were so many rumors about Duchesne going everywhere. But the asking price was too much. He wanted a first-round pick. He wanted to get he got a, he got a sack because he's—I don't want to use the word delusional, but— I don't know. He's he's asking a little much, in my opinion. And the, con- the rumors continue as of today. He's going to uh, Washington. He's going to the Islanders. He's going to Philadelphia. He's going to Montreal. It's just endless amounts of teams mm-hmm. and rumors. And I don't know what to believe, what not to believe. What's your thoughts?
2: Well, after the abysmal year that the Colorado Avalanche had, I think there's a lot of franchises out there that are looking to take advantage of their crappy situation and saying, hey, you know, we'll take Duchesne from you, but here's what we'll give you. And at the end of the day, I think Joe Sackick, in my opinion, thinks Duchesne is better than what he actually is. And he looks at Duchesne as this amazing franchise superstar. And yeah, Duchesne is a great player. That's no knock on him. But he's not a franchise player, in my opinion. Like, okay, if I had Duchesne up against Crosby, who would you take? If I had Duchesne up against Malkin, Duchesne up against Tavares. We'll even
1: look at McKinnon on the same team.
2: Well, yeah, to me, McKinnon, uh, that's the guy I would be looking at saying, okay, he's my franchise player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Duchesne would just be a component in order to complement
1: McKinnon. But... There's no knock on Duchesne. Duchesne's a very, very, very good Mm -hmm. uh, player. Uh, he would fit in with literally every team, any team in the National Hockey League. It's just a matter of that price. And I don't think anyone's going to pay it, to be honest. Well, if
2: I had to pick a franchise to see Duchesne go to, uh, I think he would excel in Toronto. Yeah. If he went to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think that would just kind of give them that extra push in the depth department and make them a little uh, bigger of a threat moving forward in the Eastern Conference. But again, I think Joe Sackick is just overanalyzing Duchesne's worth. And because of that, I don't know if Duchesne's going to go anywhere. And at this point, with the trade rumors going on for so long in the abysmal season with the Colorado Avalanche, does the guy even want to play there anymore? Yeah. Because, I mean, I his know. name is just constantly out there. And as a player, I would get sick and tired of that after oh, yeah. a while. You yeah. know, I would just want to focus on playing hockey. And, I mean, with this these trade rumors around Duchesne never-ending, like, my goodness, like his relationship with Sakic, like, how is it now? I yeah. mean, we don't know. It could be tarnished. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to tarnish his, you know, just livelihood in Colorado. And I think it's going to affect his playing ability. In my opinion, it's
1: kind of, I don't want to say same situation, but Galchenyuk is kind of going through the same thing in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Obviously being a Canadiens fan, I follow them the most. So I know most about the team, but uh, Galchenyuk has been in the rumors for the last couple of months, even around the trade deadline. Uh, he's right now, I think he's probably one of the top three names to be tr- potentially traded. Uh, it's being a player and knowing that you might get traded any second in even in the off season but especially during the season how frustrating is that like knowing that you might get traded the next day how like would you still give 110 percent to your team knowing that they don't even that they potentially don't want you
2: it's hard to bury something like that i mean you know you're hitting the ice for your game and then you just heard about all these trade rumors around you i mean how, how do you just drop all that and focus on playing hockey for the team that you're currently a part of it's not an easy thing to do and i think that's going to really affect Duchesne moving forward unless he's dealt sometime in the off season. yeah but with the way sack analyzing him as you know, for his total
1: worth. I don't think Duchesne's ever going to be dealt anywhere. No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel bad for him. Like I just said, but he's making like what $5 million or something like that. I I don't feel that bad for him.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a lot more than I make. I know that. Hey, I, was looking, I, I was looking
0: out. up stuff on my phone and I wasn't actually listening to a lot of what you guys said, did you guys talk about Duchesne to the Islanders at all or no?
1: Uh, Yeah. Okay. So but,
0: apparently it was killed. Like it wasn't going to happen, but apparently it's back on the table as of right now. So
1: there's just been a trade. Announcing live on the podcast for the first time, the Flames-acquired defenseman Travis Hamnick from the Islanders. Okay.
0: Ah. And that's the that's kind of the
1: uh, wow. That's that's good. I don't know them. what the I don't know what the
2: exchange is. It's not announced yet. I really like Hamanik. I really do because he's a very gritty
1: defenseman. I think he's going to fit in really he, well. In yeah, he,
2: even for his size. And to me, he's you know that perfect Brian Burke guy. Yeah, you know he's that type of style that Burke just loves. And I mean, just last night I was reading all these rumors that Toronto was really interested in Hamanik and he could end up there. Yeah. So hey, this is really uh, really nice to see. I mean, their back end now is looking completely different. That sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, with uh, the change in goal with Mike Smith and now with Hammonick coming in, I mean things are looking looking up in Calgary, in my opinion. From yeah, the blue they line
1: back. They needed to make some changes after. Yeah, for this season. So yeah, it's uh, interesting to see that that trade go down live. I, I, we can talk about well, it right away. That's pretty that's cool. Awesome. But it's it's unfortunate that we don't know what's going on. The, on in return. Because we could have different opinions depending on who's going in return. so
0: And that's one of yeah. the kind of downsides of the podcast is yeah. this doesn't get released until tomorrow. So this will all be done for the most part. So yeah. there could be a lot happening after we leave here because this is a Saturday morning for us. So mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. But I just wanted to mention to you guys something i seen too is uh, Arizona traded their 35th pick to Philly for their 44th, 75th, and 108th pick. So...
1: That's a strange.
0: Philly really wanted to move up, and they took a guy named Isaac Ratcliffe, which I don't know anything about, but they are willing to give up three picks for him. So that's that's very wow. interesting.
1: That's that's such a strange trade. I don't mm. three picks for I don't know. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's
2: almost kind of a gamble pick. I mean, when you start really getting down, you know, around one yeah. hundredth pick or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, the scouts would definitely know these players. I mean, that's their job, but I mean, how many superstars have you seen come out of a draft, you know, based on the fifth or sixth round? It's so weird. It Pavel- is. Pavelski
1: is, uh, an yeah. example of that. And there's, there's other examples of it too. Patrick Hornquist taken last
2: overall. Yeah. In 2005. Yeah. So
1: it's, I mean, it happens. It's just, yeah, it does you know, happen. There's, for sure. there's no way you can predict it. There's no way. Yeah. Whatsoever. You
2: don't really know if you've won this trade until, you know, you've had those three picks in your lineup, seen what they can do. And then perhaps several years down the road, you could start to analyze the situation of did we win this trade or did we lose?
1: Yeah. It's, people were asking my opinion on the, uh, uh, Stepan Ranta trade to, Arizona in exchange for the D'Angelo in the seventh overall pick. they like, mm-hmm. who won this trade? And I'm like, it's a seventh overall pick. We won't know for a couple of years. Yeah, it depends won't. on how that seventh pick, uh, uh yes. The seventh overall yep. pick develops. We don't know. It's not, I can't answer that right now. So yeah. in several years, you would know though. Exactly. A couple, give me a couple years and then I'll yeah, play the waiting moment. game. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. I think that just about wraps this one up. Yeah. So, uh,
2: I'm good. I don't have anything else to add. My goodness. There's, I think we, I mean, covered we can, everything. There's lots to talk about,
1: but... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so hopefully you guys like this video thing. We, uh, Like I said, we can't screw up. Or when we do screw up, it's out there. The four million years. Four million or, years. 4 million, four million years is out there. If Heck this, yeah. If we weren't recording video, you would have never heard that. So I guess... Uh,
1: yeah hopefully little, little hopefully someone chuckled at home yeah, but but i did
0: <laughs> i think as the more of these we do i think we're getting a little better at it oh definitely because yeah. i mean the first one was just like oh like i don't even want to go back and play that and listen to it just I'd be so scared to see how bad yeah, it was but. it's just
1: like my <laughs> earlier videos it's just cringeworthy yeah. going back to see them Ugh. so uh
0: anyways thanks for listening guys if you have feedback uh twitter post post show
1: gmail post post show
0: and uh we have a special announcement to make in a sec but for those of you watching on YouTube, thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Now, if you're still listening to this, you're listening on the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. Audio-only people. So
0: we have to talk about the giveaway, and we've had some entries received.
1: Yeah, it's been 10 or 11 entries. So, so
0: there, the amount of downloads per entry is very – I guess I worded that wrong – uh, the, there's, the downloads are high, but the entries are low. So the, yeah. the participation factor is very low, which is fine because there's people listening to it. They're just not sending the emails. There, there
1: could be, I mean, they listen to it while, while they're driving to work in the morning and they hear it and they're like, Oh, when I get to work, I'll email whatever. And then they get there and then crap hits the fan yeah, and, and forget. they forget. I mean, I I think that probably has part of it, but we'll say 10 entries, Of those 10 people, you've got a 1 in 10 chance to win something that's pretty cool.
0: So the the contest we're talking about, if you didn't hear the last week's episodes, we're basically giving away a little gift box. And we don't know what's going to be in it yet. Uh, What we want you to do is to send us an email at post post show at gmail.com and include where you are. This, This contest is only open to people in North America. Neil's looking at the camera a little funny here. So. I
1: think your camera stopped. Not that it matters because this is the audio version of... This is your camera. Oh, that's my camera. My camera stopped. Your camera's still going.
0: Okay. So, uh, I don't know where I was now, but... Okay. So you need to send us an email. Sorry, people. <laughs> you need to send us an email and just say podcast giveaway in the title. I think that's what we told people to say. Yeah, right?
1: podcast giveaway as the subject. As the
0: subject, yes. And all you have to do is include where you are and what your favorite team is. Yep. And in, in terms of... like, I thought, about, I thought about this after we did the last podcast in terms of privacy like we're not keeping these emails of tracking who people are like we're not using this as an information gathering thing like a lot of companies do like once you send us the thing and it's done, they're all deleted. Like we don't, yeah. we're not holding on to anything. Like we could, we don't care about that. We just we want to make sure that the person's in North America. Because this contest is only open to North America. Yeah. But like I said, we're gonna give away a give a gift box and it's gonna contain one or a couple things for your team and maybe some other stuff from us and
1: Yeah, just a maybe just a few teams, just a bunch of random stuff mm-hmm. from a bunch of teams. So let us know your favorite team and let us know some other teams you like as well because yep. Yeah.
0: And this contest closes on the first of July, twenty seventeen. So, if you are listening to this after that date, do not send the email. The contest is already closed. Yeah. And if you're listening to it before then, make sure you get it in so you're entered. Uh, your chances, like we said, your chances of winning are very high, so... Uh,
1: yeah, we're going to... Today, Saturday morning, we will be announcing the winner literally, literally, one week from right now. That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think that just about does it then.
1: It does it. This is the last podcast in this apartment. And technically, it was only the second one because we <laughs> did all the other ones <laughs> at your place, we're but... yeah. Yeah. That's
0: right, so... We've already said goodbyes, so we'll just say goodbye again, and uh, like I said, we'll see you guys next week.